0: Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening, downloading, and sharing the podcast. We hope you all had a fantastic turkey day. Uh, Kurt and I are both talking about how lethargic and crappy we feel because as much as we like food and alcohol, doing it for roughly four days straight doesn't leave the body feeling uh, fantastic.
1: And with nothing else to do, I just, you know, drank out of boredom at this point.
0: (laughs) That's pretty much it. (laughs) Um, We've got a boatload of pecan pie upstairs for you. I'm actually pecan-pied out, Oh, so we would enjoy if you just took the pie with you.
1: The whole thing? <laughs> the whole thing. Is I yours. will you take got about the whole pecan you got, pie. You got
0: about 60% of the pecan pie that is yours. Okay, it's going to take, gonna
1: take so. me a while. I better stop and get some ice cream on the way home
0: then. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good plan. Yeah. Um, not exactly the most aesthetically pleasing weekend of Big Ten football. No, but you
1: know what? I was pretty down after the third game, but the last two games were really exciting.
0: Yeah, there was... The first game and the last two, yeah. The lot first of fun game, stuff.
1: that's true. First game was good. Yep. The two morning games, not so good. Yeah. pretty
0: ugly. Not really fun to watch. The last two games, exciting. But plenty of reasons to uh, tune in, watch the Big Ten. Plenty of reasons, plenty of things for us to talk about as far as talking points. Before we get into that, let's do our weekly eyesman. Yeah,
1: and, and one thing also, I did. Did you? Even, did it ever download to to your Apple podcast? The last uh, episode. It,
0: Okay, yeah, obviously folks were talking about whatever the heck is going on. Um, on with Apple. I mean, it's, it's
1: not Podbean. Podbean's fine. It downloads immediately to Podbean. It downloads immediately to Spotify. And for some reason, Apple, even though it says the link is active and, and everything is fine, and I've contacted them and they tell me everything's fine, it just doesn't download.
0: So we know what's up. Kurt has done what he can. There's yeah, nothing he's I'm, doing I'm just, any different now than he's done the past three years.
1: I'm not going to try anymore.
0: It's just It's either going to work or it's not. Um, I did find mine, but it was... Um, uh it was a different date it was a different date i i i think i texted you the picture it was it was like how does that even it was like october of 2019 (laughs) but i clicked on it and it was the most recent podcast wow i it was the weirdest thing i I, I mean folks so it's the same thing that i went over with my brother i think it was on thanksgiving day and he had asked me he's like i couldn't find it i'm like we've got issues because he's got apple device too I just said, dude, here, this is what the Podbean app looks like. Download it. It's actually a friendlier, it's it's a more user-friendly way. I don't, like 1.5 speed is a little quick to listen to. 1.0 is too slow. The fact that you can go 1.1, 1.2, 1.3, 1.4, 1.5, and then you have to save your you know that you can hit a little uh, button on the bottom that says save you know your your settings or whatever yeah. 1. 1.2 1. 1.3 is perfect for any podcast to listen to so nice and yeah. Sp-
1: i like spotify too
0: okay i've I mean, spent a lot of time to be honest there.
1: with and spotify is free there's a free version of spotify so just download one of those two i guess is all i can say
0: so obviously if you're listening to the podcast you were able to find the podcast but if it was a struggle because you have an apple device we just try to give you a couple things to to go through there maybe eventually apple will get its head out of its butt and it'll be easier but i don't know Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Eisman? Oh, yeah. Eisman. Okay.
1: So, you know, not. A bunch of performances that jumped out this week. Um, a couple that I really liked. Well, Jalen Naylor had three catches, 99 yards, a long touchdown in that win for Michigan State. You had Shameen Jones, the wide receiver for Rutgers, had a huge game. Eight receptions, 88 yards, and two touchdowns and a big win over Purdue. But I think what we're going to do, we're going to focus on the defensive side of the Let's ball. Let's do that. It was kind of yep. a defensive week. So yep. Davion Nixon had a great game for Iowa. Eight tackles, which is a lot coming from the defensive lineman, a sack, three tackles for loss. But we're going to go with Antoine Simmons, the linebacker for Michigan State, who had 13 tackles, a sack, and two tackles for loss as well in in that dominating defensive performance for the Spartans.
0: And I think it's possible the two defenders we just named right there, Mr. Antoine Simmons, Mr. Davion Nixon, I think you can make an argument; they're neck and neck for Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year right now. So I think it's apropos that we list them out here because those dudes are showing out almost every week.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably fair, but I think you got to throw the linebackers for Northwestern there too.
0: (laughs) Yes, but that is going to be a situation where it's like you know back in the day, uh, like when you know the Reggie Bush, Matt Leinart area. They those guys had a hard time. You know, there are so many stars to pick out, you know, teams sure. that are like that. You kind of have that same thing going with Northwestern because sure. they play such good team defense. It's hard to pick out a sole star. And all three of those linebackers kind of fit in with that. Yep. All right. So we will go on. So we had, unfortunately, another cancellation. We alluded to that it could have been the yeah. case with Ohio State, Illinois, Um uh, when my f- uh, family and I were sitting watching the Iowa game, we started hearing the rumors coming in that, okay, uh, looks like the Ohio State team hadn't flown yet uh then, yeah, then, then they were scheduled
1: then, to leave at 8
0: a.m for an 11 a.m game <laughs> that what? was the next thing we heard maybe it was getting pushed back for the kickoff time then Ryan Day test positive for the and then it all fell apart
1: I'm not gonna blame anybody at Ohio State because I have no idea who tested positive how many guys tested positive but if they're just not playing because Justin Fields wasn't so healthy. is that the rumor? I don't know. Okay. I have no idea. I'll but all I can one. say is Illinois played with their fourth-string fourth string quarterback. Okay? I understand.
0: Um, But I would say this. Ohio State has shown from day one, whatever day one was, yeah. you know, sometime in this offseason, they very much wanted to play um, football. Now they know they have no room for error. I just don't so know. So I can't imagine that they were – if they decided not to play, it yeah. was because I feel like they were – they had no other options at that point. Well,
1: Gene Smith said they could have played, but they chose not to. Yeah, okay. But then he also said, should we have played? No. So take that for whatever it means. Really? That's how that quote went. Yeah. Okay. All right. No, that's, he said those back to back.
0: Now, here's my question though if you couldn't play this week, how can you play mm-hmm. next week? That's the thing. Cause you almost every single time we've seen this, it's been a two week off yeah. period. Yeah. So if that happens with the Maryland game that was already uh, thrown out because of Maryland's positive test, right. Ohio State is technically speaking in the same boat as Wisconsin, yep. and they're not eligible for the Big Ten championship. Yeah, it's crazy. But one wonders oh, boy. if the <laughs> rules will get moved around. Well, a one
1: bit. wonders that, but one wonders also, what if they do play the next couple weeks? Was um, it well? I guess one week,
0: and then the last week, their opponent decides not to play and that's the tweet that i put out i put the picture of uh duck build harbaugh you know whatever you want to call whatever you want to call his weird thing with his mask and his microphone like this is the man that potentially holds ohio state's playoff and big 10 championship possibilities in the palm of his hand oh man the huh? soap
1: opera that could ensue there
0: i mean that's this is how crazy it is it would just fit in I don't want to say nicely, but appropriately into 2020. It could be look, any one of these things. We're not talking crazy here. Any one of no. these things is what could happen. As here. the Big Ten turns. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that one was added late Friday night. We're taking off late Friday night, Friday night, I guess I should say. And obviously, sadly, the Axe, Wisconsin, Minnesota, we've known about. So that leaves us with five games. First game up was on Black Friday at noon. Iowa, 26. Nebraska, 20. Iowa with 322 yards of total offense to Nebraska's 338. So incredibly
1: evenly matched game. When you look at the stats, just look down the stat sheet, yep. right? 22 first downs to 20. Uh, 4 of 12 on uh, third down. 4 of 14. 1 of 1 each on first the da- fourth down. Total yards are close. Passing, rushing. I mean, turnovers 2 to 1. Th- this was an evenly matched game all the way down.
0: Yeah. Um, and the game kind of th- th- how the scoring went kind of bored that out. Iowa was up 10 to nothing. Then it was 13 13 at halftime. Nebraska goes right down the field in the second half to make it 20 to 13. Iowa answers right back to make it 20 to 20. Two more field goals make it 26 to 20. And that's our final score in the game. I don't think I would be crazy when I say that that this probably was the best game. Of the week, I mean,
1: I don't know, man.
0: I mean, we'll go. Well, into the Rutgers-Purdue one was
1: really good.
0: Yeah, Northwestern. I mean, Michigan Northwestern stay. was pretty good too. But I felt like this one gets the nod because it was more well, it's back a rivalry and game. forth. It's a rivalry game, and I they mean, all
1: they always like Nebraska always shows up for this
0: game, right? They always play my, well for this game. Okay, that's my take. Uh, so let me ask you this: What's the what is the game that you think Northwestern looked or uh, what game do you think Nebraska looked better? than this game
1: none okay I none. agree I, I I mean there was a maybe a, a quarter and a half against Ohio State you are like oh okay yeah look is an improved looking tough, team right? yeah but no they, they haven't looked this good
0: all year um I'm gonna give I, I don't want to break my arm too much Pat myself on the back but I almost nailed this score and I this was the game I was expecting um I had told a lot of people I went on the Uh, The Nebraska CuzCast last week, and I said that I remained bullish on Nebraska's defense. I felt that it looked better coming, you know, throughout pretty much the whole year. It certainly looked better uh, this week versus Iowa. The game plan that I expected them to do, which was to basically go with run blitzes the entire game to slow down the Iowa running attack and make Peters throw them. That's the game plan that they went yeah, with. they did it, a good job. And it job. worked
1: really well. Did a great job limiting them to 129 rushing yards, only 2.9 per attempt. And and for Iowa, I just feel like their limiting factor for the whole team is Spencer Petras.
0: Yes, um, there were, you know, this is deep dive stuff, but there were some things going on with the Iowa offensive line. This was not the best offensive line lineup that they've had uh starting tackle out guards shuffled around stuff like that I think that played in but yes eventually we had said somebody is going to make Petrus be the guy that that yep. beats that team that is essentially what happened but what's crazy about it is all of that stuff went down and I was still beat Nebraska
1: well there was times when Petrus plays with confidence of you know and then they move the ball and they score. And then something happens and he just panics or he skips the ball off the ground. He just doesn't have the consistency.
0: Listen, I am cheering for the guy obviously. Okay. He is, Iowa's quarterback. I believe everything that I know about him is he's a good kid. I'm cheering for him. I'm rooting for him. But right now this is the second worst quarterback in the 22 year Kirk Ferentz era. And you think now, so? You, You go down the list. Even if you maybe twenty, if you go back to like two thousand one or two thousand two, when I, you know, when when Ferentz got a hold and took off, are we going Jake Christensen? That's the only one that I can think of from
1: Lockport, Illinois. Is that who
0: we're going with? That's the that's the number one spot. I (laughs) don't know. I didn't want to say his name, but yeah, (laughs) since you guessed it, oops. So, um, but outside of that, now, you know, he. he, I still think he needs more starts. When you see the talent, when he just steps in and rips it. It's an impressive arm and like there's, it,
1: there's times he looks like a an Iowa quarterback. He looks Did like you? a
0: very, very good quarterback. So <laughs> I still think the jury's out, but right now, again, I feel like we've been saying this for weeks. Rushing attack is good. I mean, it got challenged last, this Friday. Don't get me wrong. Defense. Fantastic. The special teams are really, really good. Quarterback is what it, and I still think the receivers are good. Yeah, I mean, I there was numerous times where there were open receivers like that to me Probably was the worst part of the Nebraska defense was that there were receivers running open. Sure. Peters just couldn't get the ball to them. Now, of course, the reason that, you know, those receivers running open is because. I mean, I think they were pretty consistently putting seven, eight guys up by the line of scrimmage. But yeah,
1: we also got to point out the special teams again for Iowa. Charlie Jones had a nice return there to put him in great field position. Tory Taylor, another great performance there. So that was not necessarily the difference in the game, but a big part of it. Now let's talk about Nebraska a little bit. Still playing musical quarterbacks. I don't get it. Adrian Martinez is your guy.
0: Adrian Martinez is the guy, but I do think the change in tempo that McCaffrey comes in. Like I honestly think this is the best rotation. 80%, you think you think okay, eighty percent Marti, Martinez with twenty percent McCaffrey as because he just he has more tempo with the offense for whatever reason he does. It is weird though, isn't it? It is. It's it's a it is quite a bit different. Even though they're both running quarterbacks that struggle throwing the ball downfield, the offense. Runs differently when each one of them. And he's is a third-year guy.
1: There's no. There's really no excuse for the tempo not to be there with Martinez. And I think, to a certain
0: degree, you kind of make defensive coordinators, you know, prepare for for That's two true. quarterbacks. That's true. So That's a I, good point. To me, I think that will be the rotation that you'll see for the rest of the year. Um, but in the end, you know, like you went down the stats, right? And and they were very very similar. But the two turnovers that Nebraska had were destructive turnovers for them and the time of possession was definitely on Iowa's yeah. side. Iowa better managed the game. The turnovers were kept to a minimum. It was the one Petrus and it was a bad turnover, don't get me wrong. But these like we we had said last week whenever Nebraska decides to actually play a clean game on the topic of penalties and turnovers.
1: They have four penalties, not bad.
0: They'll probably win a game. They just weren't quite there. No, not not week. quite.
1: But, you know, I still just am amazed that they can't do a better job getting the ball to s- anyone not named Wondale Robinson. It's like he, they're, they're just one trick pony almost on offense. Now, yeah, that's weird. The tight ends are both pretty good. Vocalik had a solid game. Allen had a solid game. But Xavier Betts, one catch, 15 yards. Kid Warner, one catch, nine yards. Are you kidding me? Oliver Martin, one catch, seven yards. I, I don't know what's going on there.
0: Quarterback play. Yeah. Well, that's what's going on. Well, yeah. On. And that's the problem with Iowa, too, because a lot of Iowa's receptions are – I mean, uh, uh, Tracy had a good catch on the goal. I mean, the thing was wide open. Um, Sam Laporta shows up. You know, the tight ends are still doing sure. tight end things. But why is Iowa having troubles getting balls to the to the uh, wide receivers? It is not I'm, – I'm not calling Brian Ference out. Numerous times – I mean, I watched this game with a lot of Hawkeye fans. We're watching it, and we're saying – these are well schemed plays. The fact that Iowa got 26 points on the board with such limited quarterback play—I I mean, I think it's a credit to Brian Ferentz. Yeah. You, you call plays when you, I, I, unless he feels like he does, but I—I I, I don't know how he could have supreme confidence in your quarterback. It's—it's it's tough to call plays when that's the case.
1: So yeah, back to Nebraska though. I don't—I don't know if it's just quarterback play because if you go back to two years ago, Adrian Martinez's freshman year, he had Morgan Stanley, he had J.D. Spielman, right? those were those were his guys and he just doesn't have he doesn't have
0: that anymore. I, I think so that's
1: the main reason he struggles
0: That is the debate. I'm not even sure if I'm the right person to uh, uh, answer that but that is one of the hot takes is just, the receiving core is talented, but it's just so young and inexperienced. Yeah. It's it's just They've, not an, an option. No, right
1: they now. got a long way to go. Now we've got to talk about Clapgate.
0: Okay, can I just say one thing yeah. before we get before to we that. get to so Clapgate. This is what is incredible about this. Okay, um, Keith Duncan, the, yeah. the, uh, the, the Nebraska, the bold right. kicker yeah, for, the, for all Iowa. Nebraska fans, yes. rightfully so. By the way, I mean dislike Keith Duncan. Sure. Um, He kicks three field goals in this game. I mean, it's the difference in the game. He scored nine points in the game. However, with three minutes to go, four minutes to go, he misses a game-clenching 50-yard field goal. Yep. And not only does he miss it, it spirals and boinks off the crossbar. When do you ever see the college football? I mean, think of all the storylines that were going on right then and there. Yeah. If Nebraska goes down... To score a touchdown there and win twenty-seven to twenty-six. I mean, a touchdown oh, yeah. and a PAT gets the win. And the reason that Nebraska wins and Iowa loses is because of a missed field goal from Keith Duncan. Well, the storylines would have written themselves. Oh yes. But it didn't happen. No. And Iowa's defense, you have got to give them credit. Absolutely. Dave um uh, Chauncey Golson steps up uh sacks adrian martinez uh the ball pops up in the air van valkenberg uh gets it and that's the end of the game so cousin van valkenberg cousin van valkenberg so with the win iowa moves to five and two nebraska falls to one and four which then moves us to the post-game press conference where scott frost had some things to say about about the clapping yeah go because i want to
1: so my okay
0: i don't we haven't talked about this right i'm No, we haven't.
1: We haven't talked about this at all. Um, So Brian Ferentz and maybe some other coaches from Iowa in the first half were clapping when Nebraska was on offense. Right. And Scott Frost said it was disrupting their center. That was one of the reasons he was snapping bad, which I mean, maybe it threw off his timing, but he was still it
0: was there were still bad snaps, which I so Let let me ask you this. Is that the first time you've seen Cam Jurgens have bad snaps in no, his football career? No,
1: and, and that stuck out to me all game. I mean he he had so many bad snaps. But the, the the thing is there there is a penalty called disconcerting signals. If you are trying to trick the offense into snapping the ball, that is a penalty. So if that was going on, it that, that's have you wrong. Read,
0: have you read the rule?
1: I haven't read the rule, no.
0: Does it say clapping in the rule? I don't know. It does not. Okay. Does it say clapping by coaches?
1: I don't know. I it haven't, read, the, I haven't well, read I haven't read the rule because
0: Iowa fans have looked it up obviously. Okay, but it, there's it, it, nothing in there specifically about clapping. Okay, but does nothing... it say
1: anything vaguely about trying to fake the 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 offense by the
0: players on the
1: field? Not by anyone off the field. Correct. Okay. All right, so that's fair.
0: If if it is a loophole that Iowa used and they it, and it's it's I, and I'm not saying see, you already said that they you you're 100% convinced that they did it. I've seen no, one video. No, I didn't video. say that. Okay. I saw I've clapping. Seen,
1: I saw clapping. I've seen
0: one video of a coach clapping. I did too. Okay. To me, it's inconclusive if it's 100% a cadence clap. I mean, he could have been clapping like, let's go, let's go. I agree. So I, I I can't even say for sure that that's the case. I can't either. Okay. Now, if the refs talked to Ference and the coaching staff at halftime and said, this is what is happening, if the coaches stopped it at that point, they were told to stop it and they stopped. Right. So at that point, okay, you're still in the football game. Go win it, Nebraska. You had the lead in the second half. I agree. After and I the don't clap th- game. I don't think Scott Frost was blaming the loss on that. You think he was? He was blaming the loss on the clapping in the first do, half. Do I do I think he was blaming solely the loss on the clapping? No. But listen, I we'll we'll talk more about Scott Frost in the offseason we do our coaches breakdown, but I don't know how much of the press conference you saw, and he certainly took a lot of the blame himself. So I'm not trying to say that, but he, he brought up the clapping, he brought up the uh, uh the psyche of the team after the previous coaching staff that oh. he that's no, we you are can't, almost you can't we be are almost that. three years away. No. He, he he blamed COVID and the la- and how it's hurting development.
1: So I will say this this the clapgate wouldn't even be a thing in a normal year. The only reason it was a thing is because there's no fans. Empty stadiums. Yeah.
0: Right. And I can guarantee you if Coach Ferentz and the rest of the staff had a choice between having an empty cavernous Kinnick Stadium where they could clap as opposed to having a packed 70,000 seat stadium with fans there. I I think they choose fans over clapping, but I guess that's just me. I'm biased here, right? I mean, we have a ton of Nebraska followers and listeners of the podcast. We appreciate it. I'm not going to be able to hide my fandom all that often, to be honest with you. I just felt like this has got to the point. And I think Kirk Ferentz did too. He's 22 years in and he's just like, it, it reminded me of the Allen Iverson, you know, like Allen Iverson. What are we talking about? Talk practice. About, we're talking about and practice. Coach Ferentz was basically like, what are we talking about? Clapping. clapping. We're talking about clapping. talking about clapping. I'm sorry. I'm going to err towards the old man on this one. Find a different way to do the cadence for your offense. This is the scenario that we're all put in. That's my, st- that's my take, I guess.
1: I, I think he, Cam Juergens needs to work on the snapping.
0: And, and that's the thing. Like, I have talked, I, or I've seen, just seen Nebraska fans commenting on Cam. I mean, Jergens, it was all over the place, and it's been that way for the whole
1: game, the whole year,
0: last year too. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's not that's, just that's a, a good point. It it's was not like just that. a this year thing. It's been going on for a while. I think
1: it may be time to just like shuffle around the offensive line. to well, be Well, and with
0: I you. I had just put a tweet out. I think it was two weeks ago, or maybe it was last week. No, I remember I said, you saying
1: something about it. Yeah,
0: and I said Cam Jurgens is going to be a great player in the NFL. Dot. Dot. Mm. Dot. At guard, at guard yeah. why did I say that? Because he was having so much issues snapping the ball.
1: He struggles, man.
0: I mean, it's a huge thing. Like, and I, I mean, putting that on Adrian Martinez too, because like, right. it, I, it's got to be nerve wracking for that dude. Yes, he's back there. He knows timing is so huge to that style of offense, and, he's and he catch never, the snap get, low. never gets the ball where it's supposed to be. Never. And, again, I didn't just start this week. All right, we move into Saturday, starting out with one of the 11 o'clock, a.k.a. noon games. Penn State 27, Michigan 17. Penn State with 417 yards of total offense to the Wolverines 286. I'm not sure what it was about this game, but I, I just had a feeling about Penn State. So did I. I did too. We both I mean, predicted
1: we, it. We both predicted We'd, it. Two bad teams, but I just had for some reason a much better feeling about Penn State than I had about Michigan.
0: For me, um I decided to remain bullish with two teams from what I saw from previous parts of the year, okay? I decided to remain bullish with Nebraska and their defense, which is why I predict uh, you know predicting the Cover versus Iowa. This week, I I remained bullish with Penn State and I just kept saying to myself, if Penn State ever just plays well, they don't even have to play great. Just play well yeah. and then do one thing for me, Penn State. Don't turn the ball over. What did they not do in this there's game?
1: Zero turnovers in this game.
0: Sean Clifford played fine. And it's he not like,
1: yeah, it's not like anybody played great in this game. For
0: <laughs> no, this was, there's talent on this. Field still, but these weren't two fantastic looking teams. And still, but
1: I mean, Penn State their 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 thing on offense is running Sean Clifford.
0: That that is their offense. Correct. Uh, Seventy three yards, eight point one yard average and a touchdown. Uh, Will Levis ran the ball too. I mean, he had a touchdown. Yeah. But on the on uh, throwing the ball, seventeen to twenty eight hundred sixty three yards. It's, it's not great, right? But no. That he made some plays when some they plays. needed him, and, but he didn't make the horrible plays. Correct. And that led to a 10-point victory over a conference foe. I'm telling you right now, if this Penn State would have looked like this and had this plan of attack versus Iowa, Iowa's not up 31-7 to 7 in that game like no. they were. I mean, the, the turnovers led to stuff. Correct. Th- th- this Penn State team has had a, just a confluence of crap. Go, oh, my God. Go, go so, on.
1: This is, this is like the Maryland or Purdue of this year is, oh. is the Penn State. I mean mm-hmm. – Purdue with,
0: injuries last year, Maryland. That's a good point.
1: Yeah, they just had – I mean, basically, they're four of their best players. I mean, you got Micah Parsons. You got uh, – uh,
0: Host uh, of running backs, right. Pat Firemuth. Firemuth. Yeah. And then, obviously, with Parsons, I just think he was such the alpha male on that defense. Uh-huh. And to take that off the defense, I just think they were leaderless like that. They're – like Penn State fans should be happy because, number one, this isn't a, in my opinion, I, I could be wrong, but this isn't a let's cheer against our team so that we can get a new coach situation. No, no, James no, James no. Franklin should be back next year. Okay? And,
1: and they're going to be fine. That, they,
0: but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. You should be cheering for wins because there's yeah, something to build off of, of going into next year.
1: A couple guys that did play well here. Parker Washington had a good yes. game, nine catches for 93 yards. And Kevon Lee at the running back position freshman had 22 carries for 134 yards and a touchdown. So not too not too shabby there.
0: Freshman, freshman. Keziah yep, Holmes also had some carries. Yep. Um, there were some freshmen that showed out on defense. This is what you're cheering for now, Penn State fans. Yeah, you're is, looking at the future. There you go. You're looking at younger guys playing to build for next year and the year after. And I felt like they got that out of yep. them.
1: Now Michigan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mercy. That defense is just it, it is so pathetic at this point. It they, just can't make plays when it needs to. They are absolute Swiss cheese. They they can't stop anybody. I agree. Like you know, like we said, it's it's not like Anybody on Penn State was just amazing, great. Like, oh, my gosh, how do we deal with this guy? I mean, even Jahan Dotson didn't have a great game, three catches. But they they, they are missing star power on the Michigan defense. They are missing chemistry. They are missing coaching. They are missing tackling. I mean, it, that's everything, right? I mean, that's pretty much. They're doing nothing well right I, now I in agree. defense.
0: I agree. I don't know,
1: know how you remedy this. I, I don't know how you bring Don Brown back. There you go. I, th- there's just no way if if Harbaugh is back next year, Brown is not going to be.
0: I cannot. You beat me to it. Exactly what I was going to sit down and say about this. You you could potentially make an argument that, you know, I'm still don't I'm still not 100% where it's going on with Gaddis, but like they've worked through some stuff. Like the offense has looked okay at times. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't. I guess I wouldn't necessarily say the offense has been the issue this year, but. You almost lost to Rutgers because of your defense, for the most part. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these losses have been because of and, your defense. Well, and
1: you should have lost to Rutgers. Correct. I mean, that, that game was over. They, all, they, all it took was a field goal, and it, it should have been made. Yep. Now, we thought, okay, Cade McNamara, McNamara looked great last week. Maybe this is part of the problem. I don't know. I don't think so. No. 12 of 25, 91 yards,
0: a 3.6 average per pass. Not good. Oof. I mean, it's, it's just... This is you know it's crazy like even during the Rodriguez years yeah most of the time it was like a sloppy but explosive team yeah and the defenses were just not, subpar not good yeah but like but
1: at least they could they could they could hurt
0: you bad on offense That's what I'm saying like I'm not so sure I wouldn't take some of those rich rod teams over this team. Absolutely. I okay. think I'd take rich you rod I'm, team. I, I was I was going to make a point to say that. I didn't know if you thought I was crazy and, with it. But. Well, I
1: mean, the, the last year with Brady Hoke got pretty ugly. But I think even then, I think I would take the Brady Hoke team. Don't I you? Agree.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, mean. The, the crazy thing is the only thing really to talk about in this game is the ugliness of what the program does moving forward. And I feel like we... We have to kind of just let the season play out and make those decisions or have that conversation, I should say, in the off season because there's just not much else to talk about here other than Michigan's not any good. They're not going to be good for the, the rest of the year. season's over. I mean, it's there's not much for them to play for. I mean, their only thing left is, like, could they upset Ohio State? I mean, uh, that's it. I, mean, I don't think we feel real confident about that. Uh, no,
1: I have – Almost 0% confidence that they can do that. Yeah, I'm like lost. They're just one. lost. They're lost. The whole
0: team's lost. All over the place. And then on the Penn State side, you do get a ri- win over a rival. It felt good. Penn State fans got to feel good sure. for a Saturday, so I'm happy for them about that. And, they, they're, they're, I mean, there was probably a thought process where they really thought they could go winless at some point. Sure. So the fact that they're off the schneid from that. Yeah. I mean, those are good things for Penn State.
1: Those are good things. A couple performances here, though. Hassan Haskins did have a good game for Michigan: seventy carries, one hundred and one yards, and two touchdowns. Ronnie Bell, not a big game, but their leading receiver: four catches for forty yards. They just don't have anything going in the pass game. Um, Josh Ross on defense: twelve total tackles, seven solo. But boy, you just watch them, and there's just nothing really to get excited about watching Michigan. There's not. It's just it's so strange. The
0: facts. Of of two of all the teams that have come out goofier, I don't think you can do any higher than Penn State and Michigan this year. No, I mean they're they're at least in the team picture. Yeah, with the win, Penn State moves to one and five. Michigan falls to two and four. All right, next game up, Michigan State 29, Northwestern 20. Michigan State with 362 yards of total offense to Northwestern's 285. Northwestern hit almost exactly what they do all year long for yeah. stats. No, 285. They've been right around there almost the whole year.
1: And they have not been able to run it for most of the year. And right. They got 63
0: rushing yards on the game here. Correct
1: which i mean that's the achilles of this entire team right here is the the inability for them to run the football
0: and it kind of has been the achilles heel for both of them but it's true um so the one thing i would say is um so i'm i'm going to call us both out cuz we were both dead wrong with this game
1: yep sure and,
0: and i want to say pretty much every football you know Anybody that makes college football predictions was pretty much wrong about this game. I don't think I saw any Michigan State predictions to win.
1: Okay, coincidence. I said I'm never picking against Northwestern again, oh. and they lost. I said they should have been number one in the college football playoff rankings, wow. and they
0: lost. The Illini fan putting so much positive vibes yep. out that it actually reverberated back mm-hmm. with with Northwestern. I know. Just throwing it out there. Um, the one thing I will say, I'm gonna to try to save us a little bit here, okay? Try to keep some of our listeners thinking we still know what we're talking about. What did we say though should be Michigan State's game plan in order to actually get points on the board? Do you remember?
1: Well, they had we we said that Peyton Ramsey is prone to turning it over. Okay, and that's that one. that was what big one. I don't know what was the other one we said.
0: Chucked the ball up to those receivers, Michigan
1: State. Oh, we did say that, didn't
0: we? And they did that. They
1: did that. I mean, <laughs> right from the get go. I, I know. mean, that long pass to Jalen Naylor, which is so uncharacteristic to let that get past the the Northwestern defense, and there it was. And boy, they they really took advantage but, of those but, receivers.
0: I mean, I saw Michigan State fans kind of reliking Rocky Lombardi in this game. Yeah, because you got to say this. There's two things I'm going to say about Rocky Lombardi that are accurate. Okay. I'm going to say three things that are accurate and positive. Okay. Maybe we've already said this on the podcast. He's tough. He's a tough kid. He's resilient and tough. Yes, for sure. I mean, he brings an element of running the ball, yes. you know, and, and to the, to the game and he throws a good deep ball.
1: He throws a great deep <laughs> ball, but he's also, I, I do feel like he's a leader. Like he's got this attitude that the, the, the team does rally around too. I agree. So I'm going to go a little bit further and say that, um, who who are these defensive backs? They look like the defensive backs of old for Michigan State. Right, I mean, Shakur Brown with two interceptions. They they played fantastic. Um, defensive line played well. I thought the offensive scheme was pretty good for Michigan State because I'm watching the game. I'm like, it seems like they're they're avoiding these linebackers. They weren't, as it turns out. I, I mean,
0: I'm not so sure if the most shocking stat. Of the entire year in the Big Ten, maybe I'm forgetting one. Maybe we'll have a crazier one before the end of the year. But one thing that we knew for certain coming into this game is that Michigan State could not run the ball. Another thing they that were we dead know last certain, in the conference, right? Right. I mean, or, or I don't know if they were. I think dead they last. were dead last. Okay. And like, the, I believe. Let's go with that. Another thing that we knew for certain was you can't run the ball on Northwestern. Right. So what happens? Michigan State rips off almost 200 yards. Of rushing versus Northwestern. That and is shocking, sir.
1: It's it's shocking, but they really ground out those yards. I understand because that. Because they're 47 attempts. So they average 4.1. It wasn't great, but it got the job done.
0: And I, I would just, I what it would have been interesting is to ask Mel Tucker before the game or you know, get a truthful answer after the game, was the game plan to just say, ah, oh, bleep it. Let's chuck the ball down the field and see if we can get points on the board. Yeah. And if we can, we feel like we can just chug this thing down, and and just and and not let Northwestern back in the game. So I
1: wonder if it all comes down to that early pass, Jalen Naylor. I'm like, serious. Okay, boom, there we go. We did it. We actually did it. We scored.
0: I'm dead serious, dude. No, I'm not. It's not I, crazy. I mean, it, that was their best chance to throw the ball, which is what we we said.
1: Because I mean, th- those wide receivers are athletic, so they must just said, look, let's let's throw it to our playmakers. If they make a play, we can win this game.
0: And then as far as how the game was, now, at halftime, Northwestern had you know brought that game back onto Northwestern oh, terms. They Northwestern did not, man. Me, you, tons of other people and Big Ten fans I saw on Twitter, everybody's like, northwestern got over. Michigan State right where they want them. Right where they want them. Right? I mean, they even get to the point where they tied the game up. Once they, had I think tied, they
1: were weren't they up 20 to 17 at one point? I thought.
0: And was was Northwestern I even thought up? they were. Okay. Point being is at at two or three different parts of the game and I would say the first one being late in the first half, certainly in the second half, everybody thought Northwestern was just alligator rolling them sure. into what they they typically do. How resilient. Oh, what incredible. It? for Michigan state to come back and win this game. And
1: I'm checking right now. They were up 20 to 17 at one point.
0: So Michigan state, not only doesn't know. die, they tie it up. And then that field goal at the end of the game, my gosh, that was a 50 some yard field goal the whole time. I'm like, don't kick it. Don't kick it. You're going to miss. You're going to give Northwestern a short side of the field. Yep. Northwestern's going to pull it out. What happened? They drilled it. The game was over because Northwestern doesn't have the offense to receive a kickoff and go, you know, 70 or 40, 50 yards to get the field goal.
1: And also give him credit. Uh, Coglin had missed a 55 yard earlier in that game. So, you know, another long field goal. You got to wonder where his head was at. And they, Freaking nailed it. Stepped up and nailed it.
0: On the other side, that was the worst Peyton Ramsey I've seen since he's been in purple. Is that accurate? Oh,
1: for sure. I mean, twenty-one of forty-three, only a four-point-nine average, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. Not, not a good game for him. Um, You know, but again, I want. It seemed like they were the offensive scheme of Michigan State was keeping it away from the linebackers. It just seemed like they were keeping them out of the game. Nope. Nope. Patty Fisher, twelve tackles. Blake Gallagher, eleven. Chris Bergen, eleven. Insane. They, they so all three,
0: well, uh, double digit tackles. Yep. Again.
1: And and one, two, three, and tackles again.
0: Wow. I mean, they're and one of them Didn't had a pick like too. It. I can't remember which one had a pick in the game. So I mean, they made plays. They did. I mean, they're just they're all over the field. They're getting hands and passing lanes too. But in the end, you can't put. You obviously can't pin this game even with the the big blown coverages that happen. You still can't pin this on Northwesterns. Defense. This is still a phenomenal defense. It was just finally they got caught in a game where their offense didn't put enough points on the board to win the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, that one long pass was like a 75 yard or something. So, yeah, they made that mistake. But you take that play away, they, Michigan State didn't break 300
0: yards of offense. Right.
1: So, yeah, yeah, still still a good performance. It was Patty Fisher, by the way, that did have that interception okay. as well. Before but
0: four turnovers for North- Northwestern.
1: Uncharacteristic. I mean, that's the difference in this game. Four turnovers versus one for Michigan State. Um when you play games as close as Northwestern does,
0: you can't really do that. You cannot do that. Nope. You just have got to play insanely clean, and they finally got it this week. So with the win, Michigan State moves to two and three. Northwestern falls to five and one. Just a couple things. Um what's interesting is Northwestern really isn't in that much of a different spot than they were 48 hours no, ago. No, they're really not. I mean, they're unless they just absolutely fall asleep behind the wheel we're talking losing their next two games right they're still gonna get to Indianapolis
1: and we don't we're not sure they're gonna play their next game let's just point out okay Minnesota right isn't that their next game is that what it is I think it's got to be they haven't played
0: yet so if that's the because their last
1: game is against Illinois, so it's got to be. So
0: so there is, you know, and how this could possibly turn. I mean, they'll they'll play the Illinois game, so I guess it wouldn't. Yeah, so not- at that point, if they don't play the Minnesota game, which is what we're looking like, they clinch.
1: Yeah, I think so. Because
0: so- the worst they can wind up with is two losses. Yep. Uh, Wisconsin has one loss. But they are out. They haven't played enough games. They beat Iowa, Iowa. is next head to head, so that's it. Yeah, but they've got They've min- only got to win one of two. Th- how about this? They've only got to win one of two next games or play one of two next Correct. games. Correct. That's it. Yeah. Regardless of the outcome.
1: Yeah. So next week, Minnesota, Illinois, last week.
0: Yeah. Um on the flip side, I think we got to give a shout out from Demel Tucker here. I mean Oh,
1: absolutely. I mean, two. Two top 15 wins, you know, technically, but obviously one against Michigan, yeah. but
0: that's nobody expected them to do that this year. I saw a hilarious tweet. I don't know who it was, but um, the the Michigan State tweet said, man, all Mel Tucker does is win top 15 games. That's right. Which is a joke because literally the only thing he's done is, is win t- <laughs> when he's played non-ranked teams, they've gotten beat. But I think that's fantastic. So. But again, with that being said, um, there's no reason for Michigan State to have won this game. There was no motivation. There was none of this. They battled and won. I have got to be happy if I'm a Michigan State fan. The John L. Misery Index. John L. Smith Misery Index. 2.5. I think, yeah. I mean, it should be
1: low. It should be low because they're playing with house money this year. And and, and they've got two wins. wins,
0: one of them against a rival. You're looking to 2021 if you're a Sparty fan. Regardless of what happens the next two games out, I, I, I think you feel pretty good right now.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know I'll give a shout out to offensive coordinator Jay Johnson. I think he's done a pretty good job this year. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I did not expect that. I didn't think it was a great hire. I even said that on the Standing Room Spartans podcast that I didn't like the offensive hire, but he's he looked pretty good so far. Done, done a better job than I expected. They have a better offense than I expected. So I, f- I feel like he's getting more out of them. Than I expected them
0: to agree, and they just have a better team than I expected for yeah. the most part. Which you got again goes back to Mel Tucker. All right, stick with us here, folks. This is pretty interesting. Next game up: Rutgers thirty-seven, Purdue thirty. Okay, typically I just give the total yards and move on. We got we got to go all the way down. We got to roll these out. All right, here we go. Total yards: Rutgers four twelve, Purdue four twelve. First downs, Rutgers, 26, Purdue, 25. Rushing, Rutgers, 176, Purdue, 175. Passing, Rutgers, 236, Purdue, 237. You, we will, we could record this podcast until we're 94 years old. Never going to happen again. We will never find well, hold stats. On. Let's
1: go one further. Okay. Both teams had seven penalties. That's
0: crazy. I mean,
1: now Rutgers had 56 yards and penalties, but... Purdue only forty-seven, but they both had seven.
0: Purdue with one turnover, and then, I mean, you would think this wouldn't be the case. We just went through all those stats, right? Somehow Purdue held the ball thirty-five minutes when Purdue only had it for twenty-five. Rutgers had it for thirty-five. Me, yeah, Purdue twenty-five. 20. Yep. I guess that's the biggest. Yeah, that is one weird, isn't it? Right How does that happen? There, because
1: I mean, okay, uh, attempts thirty-one to thirty-five. So they were both, you know, about the the same. Mix, although Rutgers just ran a lot more plays. They had 52 rushing attempts. So yeah. I guess that's your that's your difference right there. But how about Artur Sitkowski? Yeah, coming I think off we, the bench.
0: I think we failed to mention with uh, the injury that uh, Oh man, Vedral, Vedra, Vedral had. Last week, we had we knew we we're going to have different quarterbacks coming in. So essentially, they went with a two-package system, which again I loved you, it. You've got to give Shiano credit for this. He essentially had a passing quarterback with Art Sikowski and then bringing in Langen to do some rushing attack and a little bit of passing. Yeah, it worked. And,
1: and Langen in the second half, he was just an absolute bruiser. I I. Tweeted something about is that Tim Tebow out there? I can't see so good because he he looks like Tim Tebow. He kinda does. He doesn't he doesn't have those wide receivers where you can just
0: underarm toss it up there and have him go get it, you know? <laughs> How about this? There's another stat anomaly that's fun. Uh Langdon had ninety-five yards passing and ninety-five yards rushing. <laughs> oh my lord. <laughs> what the hell's going on? And here? he led the team in
1: rushing. I mean, th- yeah. That was fun to watch. I really like the offensive scheme there. Um very strange. They tried to that pass in the end zone was just odd, r- ridiculous. I so yep. don't know why they tried that there. Um, but the offensive line for Rutgers—I mean, I think that's what won this game—is yes. is their offensive line was mauling Purdue's defensive line uh, at one point.
0: If if there was any positive feelings that the Purdue fan base had for Bobby Disco, it's it, gone. It, I, it, I'm not. I'm not joking when I say this. Taking Bobby D- Disco's family and friends out of it, I don't think you can find a, s- a single Purdue person that supports him right there now. There was
1: a lot of negativity towards him. On, and you know what I found? <laughs> and
0: the funny thing is Nebraska fans, Oh yeah, they, they're the only people that are enjoying it because they know what a defense looked like by Bobby Diaco, a.k.a. Bobby Disco. Um, but other than that, it's it, it. There's nobody else that's enjoying this other than, of course, Rutgers fans on Saturday. By the way, I
1: did find a GIF of Disco Stew. Okay. From 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 uh, Simpsons. You remember Disco Stew? I I do not. <laughs> okay. okay. I posted uh, to some some Purdue fans. They were complaining about Bobby Disco, and I posted Disco Stew. It just took me a while to think, uh, find the right spelling for stew. <laughs> I'm like, damn it, there's no Disco Stew gift. Oh, yes, there is.
0: Um, but going into this game, we have talked about how Rucker's offensive line is not exactly a, a unit that mauls people. Uh, you were without your starting quarterback. You go to an Art Sitkowski that has not looked good most of his career. Yeah. You would think this would be the time that Purdue's defense would bow up and look good. 37 points they gave up. I mean, that's just – that's no bueno. Not a
1: good look, man. No, no. Um, So let's uh, switch over to the Purdue side here. Um, (laughs) So I guess they got a little payback in the the pass interference arena, right? Yes. David Bell definitely pushed off, did not call it. Unfortunately, wasn't enough to win the game. But want to point out, Derek Barnes, my God, for Purdue, unfortunately, getting that targeting call, yeah, getting knocked out, which yep. you know how I feel about targeting. But I'm not so sure when Karlaftis is on the field that Derek Barnes isn't their best defensive player.
0: I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I think him being out for the first half versus Nebraska last oh week is a huge loss for Purdue, good yeah. for Nebraska. Um Jake Plummer. He's "Okay, you know, I, I mean, threw the ball thirty-five times, twenty to thirty-five, two hundred thirty-seven yards, touchdown, bad one, bad pick. Horvath, he is better than I thought he was. That's he,
1: he is way better than he, I thought he was. He's got a
0: little bit more twinkle toes to him than you would ever expect. <laughs> if you
1: had told, if someone had told you beginning of the year that Xander Horvath is their number one running back, he's going to be, he's their guy, right? How how confident would you have felt?" I'd have been like, "Oh my gosh, they're not going to be running the ball at all." 19 carries, 101 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. And
0: this is this is every week now. And by the way, 61 yards catching the ball too. Yeah, he's great
1: at that, isn't he? He's He's, he's such a good dual threat.
0: This is this is a pretty good big ten running back, man. I mean, we got to come to terms with that. He's looking good. And again here, but it's like I feel like um um Jeff Brom, like Tom, he's really good at roster managing the offense, but we have not seen it on both sides of the ball yet.
1: Yeah, we haven't seen it on both sides of the ball, but I'm still, I'm still not convinced about what he does with the offensive line either, though. That too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It's it's something that's going to be. Continue- I mean, again, we'll we'll talk more specifically on the coaches on an off season pod, but I don't know. A lot of these Purdue games, they they kind of all look the same, don't they? Yeah, they do. I mean, I mean, just
1: force the ball to Rondale Moore. Yep. And which he's great at. And he's great at, but then the defense knows it's coming, so they can kind of clamp down on it a little bit. I mean, Moore ran the ball twice for five yards. He had seven receptions, seventy six yards. That's about as good as you can do on Rondell Moore,
0: Correct. isn't it? Yeah. But man, when he does things, oh. he still does things very well. I mean,
1: still like that that little that little pass, that flare, and he almost got in the end zone. He actually stepped out of the end zone, but like it's just Rondale Moore doing Rondell Moore things.
0: He he just has a way I I still think I, I think I still think David Bell would be the better pro. I
1: do too. I mean, he's more stereotypical pro, right? He's got the pro
0: body and everything. But Rondell Moore is going to have a great role in some NFL teams offense. Could you imagine
1: him in the Patriots offense with Tom that, Brady? Could you imagine him dude, in the slot?
0: I literally just had that thought in my head. Oh I, god, he would he, be he, so good. He would be Everything that Welker and all those guys yeah. were, but Edelman, just, it, just flat out better. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. They'd
1: be almost unstoppable.
0: So, you know, um, with the win, Rutgers moves to two and four, Purdue falls to uh, two and three, yep. excuse me. Um, so, somewhat the Purdue team we've now expected, right? I mean, neither one of us had Purdue very high.
1: No, I had them way down, I had them in uh, sixth. I think I, had,
0: I think I had them in the same spot, yeah. so that's kind of borne out. Um, Rutgers, though, I mean, Shiano has actually had some baffling things that he does each game, yeah. some head-scratching stuff that he's done. Yeah. But the thing that he just – it's always happening is these guys just don't quit. No, like, they don't quit. I mean, think about that they should have. Beaten Michigan should have
1: beaten Michigan. Absolutely.
0: So, and I don't know how much I talked about in the last podcast, but like, that's why I picked Purdue to win. I just thought as hard as Shiano's coaching them, that was a lifer. Those Purdue or excuse me, Rutgers guys could have said we beat Michigan when I was there, you fall short of that yeah. in heartbreaking fashion and you get back up for this game,
1: I, dude, it's insane. It's impressive. I mean, the, just the attitude of this team, I'd it, it, spent a, it's been fun to watch this year. Absolutely. And, yeah, it's. I mean, okay. I mean, I think
0: Shiano is still in running for Big Ten Coach of the Year. I think so, too. I mean, he should definitely be at least discussed. Man, if
1: he had won that Michigan game. Could you imagine three wins?
0: Yeah. I mean, right now, I think it's 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 him and Tom Allen, right? I think Tom yeah. Allen might be the people's choice a little Probably. bit. Probably, for for, yeah. for Big Ten Coach of the Year. But if either one of them wins it, I think we're official on this uh, podcast that we'd be okay with both. All right, our last game up was our Big Ten game of the week. Indiana, 27. Maryland, 11. Total yards, we got Indiana with 349 yards of total offense to the Terrapins, 300. Big Kurt and I were both wrong, baby, wrong on this well, game. Well,
1: we were wrong, but, you know, maybe I was just more stupid than wrong because Maryland hadn't played for three weeks, so I just assumed those guys were going to be back. I did too weren't. I wasn't thinking about it. so no Rick Kim Jarrett, uh, no Jayshawn Jones, no uh, Jake Funk, no Marcus Miner on the offensive line, no uh, Jordan on the offensive line. Yeah. Five so, they were without five starters. Which had I known that, I probably would not have
0: picked Maryland. One hundred percent the same way too. Um, and I know we're kind of I, I don't know what the expression is here, but we're we're making excuses, I guess. For I guess we're making pick. excuses.
1: I really got called out by Indiana fans, which by the way. As, you know, something you wouldn't have seen in the past. Yes. I, they
0: were offended that I would even dare to think that they could lose to Maryland. And I applaud their offendiveness. We deserve it. They and, should have been offended. We, They deserve to jump on us for that. And by
1: the way, Martha the Mop Lady, if you follow her, okay. she's a, a big IU fan. Okay. Um, I don't know what her handle is, but Martha the Mop Lady is her name. And she's got a, a really good following. Like, she's well-known within, okay. within IU Circles. She came after me, man. Nice. And then she's like, do you realize they have a bunch of players on? I'm like, no, they're back. Not. And she's what? like, no, they're
0: not back. I'm like, well, in that case, I changed my answer. When did you? When did she tweet you that? Uh, Friday. Okay, so before the game. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, so yeah. I can't remember when me and you talk. Maybe it was – I thought it was Thursday, but maybe it was Friday. But you said – you know, Maryland might actually be with a, without a lot of starters. Yep. And I just said, well, I don't know that. I'm just assuming they're they're gonna be back. That's why I predicted what I did. Once I started watching the game, I'm like, uh oh, oh, <laughs> it was bad news. You could tell. You could tell right from the get go that. I mean, now the funny well, thing not is, really is, though. Okay, I, that, I take that back. Locke schemed a nice game plan together. Okay. They went right down the field, and now what you know, string theory stuff, right? We talk okay. about on this podcast had Tulia Tungavailoa hit that wide open receiver. Oh gosh, there was nobody near him. Would it have been a little bit different game? Well, and
1: let's not forget, he missed a second one too, that if he had just put it on the front shoulder, it was another automatic touchdown. He hit him on the back shoulder, bounced up, and got intercepted. So there were two plays in the first half where it was just absolute missed throws by Tungavailoa. You know what? Let's go back to locks. When he... His scripted plays are amazing. If you could stop every series and let him script plays, they'd be
0: unstoppable. <laughs> For real, he's, he's really good at that, right? He comes I out agree.
1: every first possession
0: every game. He I mean, I still kind of wonder if he's more of an offensive coordinator than a head coach, you know, or or just even more kind of an analyst or whatever. But you know, basically, we're throwing around that you know what would it had look like if this happened or that happened for Maryland. But here's one thing that was never going to change, no matter how many times they played the game. Indiana with 234 yards of rushing to Maryland's 59. There wasn't anything going on in the Maryland rushing attack. And this was an Indiana rushing attack that we have been saying all along has struggled and been their Achilles heel. They just ripped right through Maryland the entire game.
1: Okay, let's say they gave you one stat before this game. IU throws for 115 yards. Yes. I just said
0: lost. There's I, no I, way. I just said we called it. Yeah, we, we nailed it. With that being said, I mean, Michael Penix Jr. finished with six of 19, six, six uh, completions, 19 attempts. 84 yards. No touchdowns, no picks. I think at one point he was one for his first 11. I don't I remember. I saw. That sounds about right. But
1: you got to give their defense credit. Maryland's defense did yeah. a great job. I yeah. mean, yeah, gave up some rushing yards. They they went to a Did old. we just say that? Did we just say that? We just said that. We
0: have to give credit to Maryland's defense. We, we just said that, yeah. Okay. Which yeah. is weird. I mean, don't you, though? I think so. I mean, somebody was asking. I I had sent out a tweet that said, and naturally a defensive struggle breaks out in Bloomington because nobody expected to see right. that. And somebody asked me, is it, is it good defense or bad offense? I never responded because I did did not know the no, answer. Didn't
1: really know. Because okay, let's they IU had 2340 yards rushing. We mentioned that. But that was on forty-eight carries. Yep. So it's not like they were totally gashing. I mean gashing. that's a five yard. Average. It's Ain't almost bad. five. Ain't it's not bad. bad yeah. But it's not like they were gashing them. And they went to a lot Indiana went to a lot of Wildcat in the second half because they just didn't have a lot going through there. So they just were grinding it out on the ground.
0: Um so after uh uh Ty Freifogel goes for um, 200 yards two games two weeks in a row. In a row. Yep. Naturally, he goes against the Maryland defense and has two catches for 10 yards. <laughs> what, the, what the hell is going what on? What the everybody? hell is going
1: on? Yeah. That's amazing. Isn't it? Um, Another
0: thing to point out here. Um, I have not heard any word yet, but Michael Penix jr. Did go out yeah. of this game with an injury. Uh, Jack Tuttle came in, went five for five. Um So, that is a, obviously a huge storyline right there. Yep. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. has not done fantastic with injuries in his career. That's no, been he's a, not a, a part of he's, he's been injured every year. So we hope it's not a serious injury and we hope he can
1: get back too. Okay, couple things. Maryland did attempt two field goals yes. in this game. Yes. So um we have two shots to do yeah. of of, I guess, our booze of choice. Yeah. And then we gotta talk about just that disgrace
0: that was the iu uniforms yeah those aren't good
1: why why are you doing that
0: i know i i mean iowa does the military salute they just do no uh uh, logo on the helmet on one side and then the tiger hawk is red white and blue that's more subtle um i i I can't tell you if there's like a universal thing going on this weekend where it was military appreciation that's what i don't understand was it
1: I don't know know why that
0: was. I I appreciate the military, so I'm all for it. I'm just saying... And I I appreciate them appreciating the military. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Uh, But with that being said, I have not put in any work into it to understand if this was... The thing where like the Big Ten says if you're going to have a military appreciation weekend, it's yeah, one it's, of these two weekends. I don't know. I don't it's know that's nowhere it
1: near any military holiday of any kind that I'm
0: aware of. I'm not sure either. When is Flag Day? I, I, <laughs> una- unaware. <laughs> I don't know. But anyways, um, I I did not see a lot of positive uh, feedback on those uniforms. Yeah. And to be as with you, I think there was a lot of people that are followers and you know for Twitter and the podcast. They were interested to watch this game to see if our prediction was going to come through. Yeah. So I sit down to watch it, and I see those uniforms. I'm like, I feel even better now about my prediction yes. because
1: Right. <laughs> because
0: of those uniforms. So that's one of those situations. But that's what 2020 <laughs> Indiana does. They take all of your doubts, yeah. and they just they, they feed they sure them. Do. And, and they poop them right back out in the, in the form of wins.
1: They sure do. Yep. And, and uh, Tommy Allen got a little spicy because they were asking him about, was it luck for the interceptions I guess cuz they're I think they're leading the country in interceptions right now. And he did not want to hear that. He did not want to hear that. He yeah. was he was angry. That was spicy Tommy A.
0: We got a lot of spicy coaches in the league this year it kind of seems like. Yeah. There was a lot of spice this weekend in general. With the win, Indiana moves to 5 and 1, Maryland falls to 2 and 2. Um you know, Indiana's not out of it for the Big Ten championship. No, they're not out of it at all. I mean, so the the j- kind of joke, but I was being serious. On Friday night, I said in 48 hours or I know I think I said in roughly five days, we could be looking at Maryland being the leader to get to the Big Ten championship. And my thought process was if Maryland pulled this out, sure, they would have been three and one in the league. They would have been winning the Big Ten
1: East. That is crazy
0: because I'm going under the assumption that Ohio State has to forfeit another game and they're mathematically right out now. That's all a move point now because obviously Indiana won this game. But right now, the odds on favorite is obviously Northwestern and the West. I don't know what the betting odds are for the other. Be good to know. But it's got to be almost even between Indiana and Ohio State. I think so.
1: So Ohio State's got Michigan State next week. Michigan State not having any, you know, Corona positive tests. But we just don't know if Ohio State can play.
0: I'm not looking at this on Michigan State at all. They'll. I, I think they'll play the game. I'm a little skeptical on khaki pants and yeah, the crew playing that game, but I'm mostly skeptical on Ohio State being able to play. And I know we kind of already talked about it, but again, like you point out, when have we ever only seen a one week off for a team? If you're all, if Correct. all the players are out for last week, because Maryland lost, missed two weeks, right? If but if they have to sit out for. A Minimum of two games by the way, the right. 2021 20, day thing Correct. goes, so yep. I don't know. It we, we, and we should know by midweek, right? I
1: would think so. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's gonna be incredible.
1: Should know if Minnesota's playing another game, too. All
0: right, last shout out here on the podcast. I know this isn't 100% a Big Ten football uh, specific topic, although I think we can kind of tie it together. A shout out <laughs> to Buffalo Bulls. Running back Jarrett Patterson Jr. from Glendale, Missouri, he had a nice little football contest. Thirty-six carries, four hundred nine yards, and eight touchdowns. That is. Do you remember the Tech Bowl days where I would always receive the kickoff, run it out of the one? Yeah, so always, I could
1: always run down to the one. Yeah, of course. So I could because you wanted a ninety-nine
0: yard right touchdown. Touchdown. And you would wind up with games where you're just like, you know what? I think this season, this this team, I'm just gonna try to run Bo Jackson or Christian Okoye every single time and just see how many yards you get. Yep. You would have been very happy if your running back finished the day with 409 yards and eight touchdowns. All
1: right, and here's here's the runs that he had. Three yard touchdown run, thirty-one yard, forty-two yard, forty-nine yard, one yard, seven yard, seven yard, eleven yard. 58-yard. I mean, those are crazy, aren't they?
0: <laughs> and he's he's been a pretty well-known running back. He was a good running back last year, too. Yeah. Um, but anyways, that's incredible. Of course, our ties to the Big Ten. Yeah, ties
1: uh, Howard Griffiths for touchdowns in a game with yeah. eight. Yep, of course, eight. Howard had nowhere near 409 <laughs> yards rushing in that game against Southern
0: Illinois yeah. in 1990. Dude, I got to think when he had, because I think he had five at halftime. I'm almost positive.
1: I, um, let's see. I can, we could look that up and look it I, up. One, one, two, three. I had five at halftime. Yep.
0: So something tells me somebody alerted old T-Rex oh, yeah. to it. Like uh, your NCA record might go down. So and then you might know this better than me. Um. So is, are they the only? two with eight touchdowns. I think in so. Game. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. now he's, he's got to share it.
1: Yeah. He's got to share it. And, uh, and Howard Griffith did congratulate him on Twitter. Oh, that doesn't surprise yeah. me at all. Yeah. I
0: don't, I don't, I, so that's good. But I
1: was, I was pulling for him to get nine. I really was.
0: I might've been too. Yeah. <laughs> just a little bit, but <laughs> all right. Uh, Hey, just want to say if you're still listening to the podcast. Thank you, folks, because it's been a rough year. It's a rough year for most fan bases. If you are still listening to the podcast, you are a tried and true Big Ten football fan. You're a tried and true fan of the Eyes on Big podcast, which seriously, we appreciate very much. Absolutely. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kirk. This is the Eyes on Big podcast. Talk to you soon.